Good morning. How are we doing? All right. As, as uh, Pastor Tina said, summer is over. We have a mixed bag of reactions for that. Some are excited to get their kids out of the house, even though they love them dearly. It's a lot to entertain them all summer long. And, and we have the younger crew that are going that are not exactly that excited. Um, but here we are, man, the summer went quick. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that when, when something ends and something new begins and just how God operates in that. You know, when God brings about a change, whether it's a seasonal change or anything in your life, he does it for a reason. You know, God brings about change not to maintain the status quo in our lives. In other words, he doesn't change things in our lives so that everything can stay the same. He never does that. God is a forward-moving God. And so when things change, it's for a purpose. And that purpose is definitely not to stay the same. And so I'm believing here at Beaches Chapel for all of us that as God brings about change for all of us and through all of us, that we are going to see a change. We're not, we're not doing this to maintain the status quo. God is not doing this to maintain the status quo. But he is doing this to bring about change. And Pastor Howard touched on this a couple weeks ago, the funny thing about change with us. We all love the concept of change. But we don't like to change. Like, I like the idea of losing weight, but I ain't trying to eat a salad. <laughs> right? We have, a, we have a saying in my run group, if you want to run faster, run faster. You know, everyone likes the idea, I'm going to run faster today. And then like 20 steps in, you know, I think I'm good. <sighs> How do I get faster? Well, you run faster. How do you spend more time with your spouse? Put down the remote, put down your phone. How do you get in shape? You exercise. But do we really want to do that or do we just say we want to do that? Because we love the concept of change. We just don't really like to change. And I'll put it in, in like the most amazing, crazy terms ever. Okay, this is like the most first world of first world church issues, okay? Last week, I was uh, out of town last weekend. I came in on Tuesday night. It was my first like meeting back. It was for our, our worship team rehearsal. And I walked into the room and Brett, our lead guitar player, was the only one here. He's always the first one here playing by himself. He'd do it for hours on end if he could. Um, and he's in here and I walk in and the, and the lights are on in the building and I just like, no, 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 no. They've changed the lights in the room and I don't like it. It's too bright. No, no, we are not gonna change the lights in here. Brett and I had like a 10 minute venting session just between the two of us about how we don't like the lights in here. I went to the DR with Robert and Cindy. Jesse and I went back in February and they would have church services. One where there was no AC, there was no front door. So you heard all the ambient noise out in the street carrying into the church and the power would just go out. And you know what they would do? They would just keep going. They weren't going, no, I don't know what's the span. No, no. <laughs> I was about to say nine. You know? <laughs> That's not what they speak in the DR. Uh, but they just kept going. But here... We changed the lights, the Holy Spirit must have left the room, right? By the way, we changed the lights in here for a reason. The reason is because we're saving about 60% on our utility bill a month, all right? 
And we are gonna get faders. We're just waiting on some things to happen uh, with the city. But uh, listen, bear with us. It's gonna be a little bright for a little bit, but I promise you God is gonna move anyway, okay? He does move in the light. Actually, he operates in the light. Yeah, we're just taking it to a whole new level, all right? You, yeah, we'll just leave that alone. <laughs> Ever had someone sit in your seat on Sunday? Hosanna. I ain't trying to have that kind of change. No, sir. We are funny about change. We really are. But here's the thing that we need to wrap our arms around in the coming weeks and however long God is in this. Growth requires change. It is not suggested. It is not hinted at. It is required. So if we're serious about growing in our relationship with the Lord as a church together, in other aspects of your life, don't kid yourself in thinking that you can continue to do the same thing over and over again and see change. We have to grow. We have to step out and try new things. We have to maybe do some new things that are required of us to experience change because growth requires change. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about our church and where we're at right now and, and I thought, you know, I wanna take these next few weeks and the, the kind of phrase or whatever you wanna call it that kept popping up in my heart and in my brain was the term huddle up. Like I want us to kind of huddle up as a church for these next few weeks and really just come together, regather and maybe heal, maybe redefine who we are but as, as Don even alluded to, we need to come together as a family, as one body, and huddle up. Because I think we've been doing Sunday church, but we haven't really been a church. We've been having Sunday meetings, but we need to be a church. And I think in order to do that, in order to accomplish that, in order to grow and change, first we need to come together. We need to huddle up. And we need to talk about some things as a family. And as I was considering that huddle up phrase, I was like, God, you know, show, show me something in the Bible where, where there, was, there was a moment of like huddling up and then, you know, like I've been reading the Old Testament where maybe David, you know, assembled all of his soldiers and they huddled up and they went out into battle and they won this great victory. And it was this amazing moment, something, you know, give me this brave heart moment, this Old Testament awesome battle cry moment. And it was crickets. It was nothing. <laughs> I was like, come on, Lord, I want something like that. That's what, that's what I want to share on. That's what I'm thinking about. And he said, no, what I want to talk about is the upper room, huddle up. And not the Acts chapter 2 upper room, but the John chapter 20 upper room, the upper room that happened before the upper room. I was like, well, I don't want to, that's not really the direction. I'm thinking I want to take this and I'll read it okay I was like, okay I'm gonna read it and it was awesome God really opened my eyes up so that's what I want to look at this morning I want to look at the disciples in this room starting in John chapter 20 and about growth in change okay so we're gonna look there John chapter 20 starting in verse 19 it says on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. 
Okay, so this is the first time that they're gathering together. Notice that word, together. Everyone say together, together. Okay, we're going to hear that a lot this morning. They were together. Why were they together? Because they were afraid. They were afraid. And so in their fear, they gathered together, and then Jesus appeared. They were afraid, they gathered together, Jesus appeared. It's an interesting formula. They were afraid, they gathered together, Jesus appeared, okay? Verse 26, skipping down a few verses. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. So we see here, they are still afraid. If they weren't afraid, the doors wouldn't be locked. When you're not afraid, the door's unlocked, the door's open, the windows are up, join the nice day, right? But we see them again a few verses later, a week later, timeline-wise, and they're still afraid. But what are they doing? They're gathering together. And as they gather together, Jesus appears. And in both cases, Jesus says the same thing. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. You know, we think about the disciples, why were they afraid? I mean, they, had, they had pretty good reason to be afraid. They had three years earlier abandoned their life's work, what they were going to be doing for the rest of their life, their family, their friends, their reputation even. And they said, I'm going to follow this carpenter's son from Nazareth who says he's the Messiah. And I'm going to risk everything, everything, finances, family, reputation, and I'm going to follow this guy for three years. And this Jesus that they followed started doing miracles and saying all these amazing things and crowds gathered. But with that, there was great opposition from the church, from these Pharisees. And these, listen, these Pharisees were bad dudes. They were bad dudes. They, they were the thumb on the Jewish people that would just oppress them. That's why Jesus called the Jewish people, be, you know, they, were, they were burdensome. They were beasts of burden because the church had been, had been just laying heavy on them. And they weren't just that. I mean, it was almost like a mobster mentality. I've heard Char Charles Wendell refer to them as that. Almost like they were, they were the mob in a way. And so for, for these 12 guys to follow Jesus and for Jesus to continually call the Pharisees out, I mean, that was huge. He called them snakes, alluding them like the devils. He called them empty tombs, called them hypocrites, all sorts of things in public, in front of other people. And what happened to this Jesus that did that, that they were following? They killed him for it. it so everyone could see. And now here these disciples are, 11 of them now, saying, what are we going to do? If they, made it a, if they made an example out of Jesus, surely they're coming after us next. Because these Pharisees want to reestablish their authority amongst the Jewish people. And how do they do that? By killing off anyone that opposes them. So they killed Jesus. The disciples are probably next. That's what I would have been thinking. And so they were afraid, scared to death. And so they met in a room with the doors locked. And I want to say to some of us this morning, and I, I wasn't really planning on this when I, when I got this sermon together, but the more I went over it, it's like, man, there's some people in here that have their hearts locked tight because of fear. Because of fear. 
we have a lot of people in our church right now that are walking in fear. That might be, you might be masking it, awesome. And on Sunday mornings, you come in and there's a smile on your face and you're saying hi. And the second you leave here, when you're not together, when you're alone, you walk in fear all the time and you let the devil just have a way with you for six days. And you come in exhausted, you know, beaten down. And it's because unlike the disciples in your fear, you're doing it all alone. You're doing it all alone. The disciples knew in those moments, hey, we're afraid, but let's at least be afraid together, right? Let's at least be afraid together. I don't think I can handle this on my own. There's, there's safety in numbers. So let's gather together. And as they did, Jesus met them and his message to them was peace. Was, hey, I'm here. They didn't kill me. They didn't defeat me. You don't have any reason to be afraid. You don't need to lock the door. There's something out there for you. It's not over yet. Don't operate in fear. Don't live in fear. And as we gather together, you're gonna see me. And so for us this morning, we gotta unlock the door to our hearts and let go of this fear and hear Jesus' words to us this morning as we are together that say peace, that say you're never gonna let me down, that say you are good, that say you died for me, so I have nothing to be afraid of. But we gotta unlock the door. We gotta unlock the door. Let's shift now to Acts chapter one, starting in verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. So the apostles are going to Jerusalem and it's a pretty radical reason why they're going to Jerusalem. I didn't read it, but a couple verses before that, Jesus actually tells them, go to Jerusalem. So in that uh, translating what he said, they went to Jerusalem, you know, it's, it's crazy. He said to do something and they did it. Isn't that weird? They were obedient. They were obedient to what he said to do. But here's the cool thing about this. They had to leave the room. They had to leave that room that they were in, the one with the doors locked, where they were afraid for their lives. When Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, they couldn't take that room with them. They had to leave. And I wonder how willing are we in our obedience to leave the room? How willing are we to want to change so much as a church, individually, as a family, as a friend, that we are willing to unlock the door and walk out of the room and trust and obey what Jesus is calling us to do? We gotta go. We gotta go. Because growth requires change. Verse 13, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined, what's that word there? Together, constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120. That word together in verse 14, in some of your translations might say in one accord. And what that means there is really in unity. They were in unity as they gathered together. You say, oh, of course they're in unity. But think about the disciples in the gospels. We're now in Acts, but think about the disciples in the gospels. 
So a couple examples of the disciples with Jesus. John chapter 21, when Jesus is telling Peter on the beach, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, do you love me? Feed my sheep, he says three times to him. And Peter says, yeah, but what about him? What's that disciple gonna do with you? He wasn't concerned with Jesus telling him. He wanted to know what the other disciple was gonna do. Then we have the mom of the disciples, right? Who asked Jesus, hey, you know, you think when you get to heaven, my two boys can sit next to you, one on the right, you think we can do that? There was some bickering going on with the disciples. Don't kid yourself, these, these, were, these were guys. They were, they were like us, all right? They, they, they were all about the hierarchy of the disciples. Who gets what? Who gets to do what? How much does Jesus love this guy versus this guy? What, where's the rank, Jesus? And that's what it was all about. And here we see now that they are all in one accord. They're all in unity. Why? Because Jesus' resurrection and the mission at hand was far more important than who got what within the group. Who deserved this and who was called this? It wasn't about that. It was about Jesus. It was about Jesus and the mission in front of them. And that brought unity. That brought unity. Think about unity that I love that the Bible says is where is unity, God commands a blessing. When God commands something, it's not, well, we'll think about it. When he commanded there to be light, there was light. When he commanded the flood, there was a flood. When God commands something, it happens. So when he promises that when there's unity, there will then be a blessing, we can stand on that. We can stand on that, but we have to lay aside ourselves and say the most important thing is Jesus. But that blessing, I believe in Jesus' name, is coming to Beaches Chapel. If we can link arms as a family, as a unit, as we can be in one accord, as we can be together, God is gonna command a blessing on this place. Not just the seats filled, but in your own lives. As we pray for one another, as we walk with one another, as we, as it says in Acts chapter uh, 242, as we skip down, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching into fellowship, sorry, uh, 242. That word fellowship is a funny word. If, you, if, you've, if you've gone to church anywhere, really, for any amount of time, you've probably heard that word fellowship. And it's just, it's church lingo. You know, we're gonna get together, we're gonna fellowship. You know? We're gonna have dinner, we're gonna fellowship. Have you ever used that phrase outside of a church meeting? Like, hey, let's go to the Jaguar game. I just want, I just want a fellowship. You know, I just want a fellowship. You wanna go get some coffee? I just, I just want a fellowship. Like we don't, it's, it's, just a, it's one of those church words, you know, that we say that we don't really use outside of the, out of the church context. But really what that word, it's from the Greek word uh, koinonia, which means to share. So when it says here that the disciples in this community were in fellowship, what it really means is they were sharing. What were they sharing? They were sharing their time, they were sharing their possessions, their money, but really ultimately what it comes down to is what they were sharing was their lives. They were sharing their lives with one another. And, and I love that. I love that idea of people coming together and sharing their lives. That's what the church is all about. That's what the church is all about. It's not about high-fiving one another Sunday morning, shaking hands, and then we don't you know, really even know the person that sits in front of us or behind us or around us. It's about sharing our lives together. That's why in September, we're gonna start impact groups again because we believe in sharing our lives together. We believe in gathering together in a circle, praying for one another, hearing our hearts, 
living this whole thing out together. So as we begin to launch that in September, sign up and be a part. Remember, growth requires change. So you might have to change your schedule a little bit or just change the fact that, you know, you like a certain night off and go. Because we want to do this together. We want to be in fellowship. We want to share our lives with one another. As we continue in verse 40, uh, starting in 40, 43, excuse me, it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They were in unity. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they com- continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Here it is. Here's the whole thing right here. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm going to read that again. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So from the second to last chapter of John, to the second chapter of Acts, that's four chapters, we go from seeing a group of disciples in a room with the door locked, afraid for their lives, to having a revival. Why? They were obedient, they shared their lives, they were in unity, and here's the real kicker. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, fire rained down. They were filled and they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say at the end of verse 47, and they were still afraid in a room with the door locked. That was gone. The Pharisees were still there, but the fear was gone because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They left their room, they unlocked the door, and they were obedient to what God called them to do. And more importantly, they were obedient to who God called them to be. So the question isn't, do we want growth? The question is, are we willing to change? Because you see, the formula is right here. It's right here. We just read it obedient, share, unity. You know what that sounds a lot like to me? Pray, love, serve. God gave Pastor Howard the recipe seven years ago. We got it on shirts, we got it on boards. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? He's given us the answer to the test. He's written it right here. We want to see these seats filled. We want to see those that we love come back. This is it. This is it. There's no quick pill to take to go around it. There's no no shortcut, but this is it. This is it right here. We got to be the church. We have to be together. We have to be in fellowship. And, you know, we've heard it said a million times, the church is not a place 
but it's not. The reason we have to say that so many times is because we don't get it a lot of times. We, we are the church. We are the church. And that means it exists outside of Sunday mornings. It exists in your living rooms. It exists over a cup of coffee. It exists over the phone. It exists exists all the time. We are the church. And there is no rank, there is no hierarchy. It is all of us in unity in one accord. Let me tell you something. I've never been to heaven, all right, believe it or not, but I'm willing to bet. I am willing to bet that no one asks anyone in heaven, hey, so who was your pastor? (laughs) Oh, you got a good one. Front of the line. Or whoof, you know, well, at least you made it. (laughs) What I do think that they probably ask, or at least there's more likely chances, so what part of the body did you serve that uh, that you claim to be part of? Where did you serve the body that you claim to be a part of? Because so many times we look on the stage for our answers without looking to how I can be a part of the body. How can I be a part of the body? Listen, don't put your hope in me. I'm stupid, all right? I don't have the answers. We all gotta do this together. 1 Corinthians 12 verse four says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Spiritual gifts, they're all different, but they all serve the same God. They all serve the same purpose. All of them. We confuse spiritual gifts with abilities. A spiritual gift really means this. Listen to this, this is important. Gracious endowments leading to miraculous results. Gracious endowments leading to miraculous results. Gracious endowments to me means it's something that, that I don't deserve. What God has blessed me with to serve in is not something that I deserve. And listen, let me tell you, me being up here is case in point with that. Because if you knew me growing up, I did not talk until I was 17. Now my job is to talk in front of people on a stage. You wanna know if I'm exaggerating? Try having a conversation with my four-year-old daughter. You can't do it. Why? Because she's my daughter. And, And when we're kids, we don't talk. But here I am. It's not because of my biblical knowledge. It's because God said, here, this is your job. So I'm gonna do it as best I can. But nothing's gonna change unless we all do the gifts that God has given us the best we can. Because we are a body. We are one. And we gotta lock arms so that we can see growth. So that we can see growth. 1 Corinthians 12 uh, 12 says, for just as one, just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body through many are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the head of the, of the body, that is the church. Jesus is the head and we are, we are the rest. We make it up. We are the church. We are the church. 
Amos Young said that the, the word church is not so much a noun as, as it is a verb. And I love that. So the church is, is not a place, it's a movement. The church is a movement. So when I hear that, I have two questions. If we are a movement, one, where are we going? And two, how are we getting there? Well, as I already said before, we're going forward. I don't know the final destination. I don't think any of us do. I think it's beyond our our imagination. But we are moving forward. How are we getting there? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's been said the last few weeks, we are a worshiping church. We are a church that is gonna rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to move in this place. That is not a license to not have any order. Because God is a God of order and understanding, not of confusion. But we are gonna lean in on the power of the Holy Spirit to direct us and move us. And here's the thing about a body. When I, about eight years ago, I broke my wrist. It's not a cool story. I'll tell it one day, but not this morning because it doesn't paint me in the best light. But about eight weeks, I had to put a soft cast on. About eight weeks after that, I was going to the doctor to take it off and I was all excited, you know, because I thought, finally, I'm get my cast off. And I'd never experienced atrophy in my body before. And I took this cast off and it hurt so bad because I hadn't been using the muscles. I had been leaning on this cast to do everything. And when a body is not active, it experiences atrophy. We gotta get moving. We gotta get moving. If we are this body and we are a movement, and we are a church, and we are going forward, we have to move. And we have to unlock the door and do the things that God has called us to do. And listen, this is not just about me. This is not just about the pastoral staff. This is about all of us. We saw a couple weeks ago, we got some new elders. It's not just about the three of them. It's about all of us answering the call to do things that maybe we haven't done before, to take a step out, to change so that we can grow. Are we willing to answer the call? Do we want that new wine? Let's stand up. Let's stand up and we're gonna gonna worship this morning. We're gonna sing a couple songs. Y'all can start playing. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's really awkward. Got to lean on the band to start playing without me. We're going to worship. And we'll further that, we want to pray for you this morning, especially for those of you that have been walking in fear, whatever it is, fear over health, finances, your marriage, your children. We, I, want, I want us to pray that you would have your hearts unlocked, even shutting Jesus out. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you if you haven't if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not adopted into this family that we call church, this body that we are. Listen, if you're new today, you've just walked into a, a room that is filled with a whole bunch of people that have a whole bunch of problems that lean on one God. That's all we are, a people that need Jesus every day. So please join the family and be set free and know that you can have the power of the Holy Spirit in you as well if you just unlock the door to your heart. So if we can have the pastors and the elders, they're gonna be on the sides of the stage. It gets a little loud right up front. I'm gonna pray for you this morning. 
They can come on up and I'm going to pray for you now as, as we begin to worship again. We're going to sing a couple songs to close. Father, thank you so much, Jesus, that you don't allow us to settle for where we are in life. You always want more out of us, God, and that as we take those steps, as we grow in you, as we serve you, our lives are changed. Other people's lives are changed. And we are filled with a peace and an awe and a joy that we couldn't have otherwise. Father, I pray, Jesus, right now for those that are experiencing fear, that they would come up and be set free. God, for those that don't know you, that they would come up and have their lives changed forever. Thank you, Lord, for this time, for this new season, this new time of growth, Father. Show us, reveal to us, give us clarity where you're taking us, what we need to do. Where is our Jerusalem? Thank you, Father. Let's worship.